Talking now with Oklahoma Congressman Frank Lucas, of course, from the 3rd Congressional District, uh, chairman of the Science Committee, but also uh, back on the House Agriculture Committee. And, uh, Congressman, I know that that was something that uh, you uh, have kind of been very patient on uh, allowing that process to work out. And now uh, you're, you're officially a part of that committee once again. That, I know that makes you feel good. Absolutely, Ron. It is good to be home to the Ag Committee. That's my legacy committee. Of course, that's the industry that is everywhere in the 3rd District of Oklahoma. That's my uh, university training at Oklahoma State Agricultural Economics. It's just good to be home. Now, when we have our organizational meeting, there will be a few freshman members and sophomore members and junior members who will be a bit surprised when I go sit down at the uh, head of the dais next to Chairman Thompson but I'll just point to my portrait on the wall on the side over there and note that uh, I just was gone for a few days, but I'm home now, and let's get to work on the 23 Farm Bill. So, uh, indeed, the uh, the seniority promise is also a part of the uh, part of the deal, right? Absolutely, and leadership kept that. I've been around long enough that uh, trust but verify is the key, and when I took the temporary leave at the encouragement of uh, leadership four years ago because they needed more committees, because we were in the deep in the political minority then, I had a little note signed assuring me that my spot on the committee and my seniority was preserved, and that's been honored, and I'm pleased with that. So, again, we're back to, we're back to working on the committee. Lots of things uh, impacting agriculture already, uh, including I know that you've been active uh, with some of your colleagues in uh, in this part of the country uh, in regards to uh, uh, dealing with the fish and wildlife folks on the Lesser Prairie Chicken. Very important to parts of your third district that uh, we get this thing right. Absolutely. And this is a struggle that on several occasions in the last 10, 12, almost 20 years, I thought that we'd put this to rest. And for those of our listeners who are not familiar with this, under the Endangered Species Act, if a bug, a bird, a plant is defined as endangered, then the federal government literally has the authority to tell you how to use or not use your property, whether it's your field, whether you farm, or it is a location site where some oil and gas company is trying to produce oil and gas, or construction on a, on a business building, or how you handle your parking lots. We dealt with this challenge under the Obama administration. I thought we'd put it to rest through the courts and through other action. And then uh, in the Trump years, I was reasonably comfortable. I thought we'd succeeded. And now with the Biden administration, we're back in the thick of this battle one more time. But you see, Ron, that's part of the challenge of the Biden administration. In many ways, it's actually just a continuation of the Obama administration, the number of people who've carried over from that period of time. So the struggle's on, protecting property rights and being rational uh, is what we're trying to do. I know that uh, in, in talking to some of the industry folks, they are really uh, worried on that northern side, which includes, of course, the Oklahoma counties that are, in, are involved with this, uh, with this uh, threatened listing, that the, uh, this uh, so-called 4D rule could be a big headache to, uh, to farmers, ranchers, anybody really in, in, uh, in, you know, covered in this territory. They're absolutely right, and that's just the nature of the aggressive way that the Biden people are going about this. But yes, uh, it's a real issue. It's a real challenge, and it will have if we can't hold this off, if we can't turn it around, whether it's in the courts or legislatively, it will have a real impact on people and their ability to utilize their property. 
Let's stay regulatory for a moment, if we might. Uh, the other thing that's out there that agriculture is really pushing back on, I know that you've also uh, been engaged with uh, some of the, uh, the uh, uh, dialogue with the administration, is Waters of the U.S. WOTUS. Uh, this is uh, almost a, 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 a much like uh, the, uh, the folks that are working on Lesser Prairie Chicken. Uh, the WOTUS uh, uh, crowd is really all, all about going back to the, uh, to the Obama era. Or worse. Absolutely. This is this is another Obama nightmare that's come back to haunt us. And in many cases, this is an example of having now a political appointees, having idealistic people who are not rational or practical carry over from the Obama administration to the Biden administration. But they have eight years of learning how to fight the fight under Barack. And now uh, with the, the Biden people going aggressively after us. Again, for the benefit of our listeners who might not be familiar with this, historically you have a division over how water is regulated in the United States. Existing federal law, which worked really well, defined waters that were in bodies that were navigable, and that goes back to some 1857 definition of where you can sail a, sail a steamboat, which, by the way, you can't sail a steamboat very many places in the 3rd District of Oklahoma. The, where a steamboat could go has, has been federal for decades and decades, but everywhere else is state regulation, local regulation. Think of the Oklahoma Water Resources Board. Think of DEQ, the Department of Environmental Quality in Oklahoma. What the Obama people tried to do, which again, we thought in the Trump four years, we put to rest and brought this to a permanent conclusion. Now the Biden people are trying to resurrect, which says essentially that no, the steamboat definition doesn't matter. The federal government controls water from the time the drops fall out of the heavens until they hit the ground, until they literally make it to the Atlantic Ocean or the Pacific. It is a dramatic and broad expansion or seizure, some would say, of power by the federal government. We're fighting this, and we continue to fight this. And it's not just how you manage your plowed fields. It's your pastures. It is, it is once again the location roads, the well sites to the oil and gas industry. And from a business person's perspective, it's the water that lands in the parking lot or runs off the roof of your business or off your sidewalk. This literally would give the federal government ultimately the final say on all of that. And that, too, could potentially be a massive a seizure of property rights. So, again, we're fighting it. This, I really thought, was over with, but uh, like a bad nightmare, it's come back again. Let's talk about uh, some business within the Agriculture Committee. You're, of course, still just getting organized. I know we're, we're, we're kind of behind, aren't we, because of uh, all the drama with the, uh, with the speaker's race and everything. That, that's uh, put us potentially in a position. A, do, do, we, do we have to do, a, do an extension, you think, before it's all said and done? The drama of picking a speaker really did uh, complicate everything because – until the issue of who the Republican speaker was going to be, we're a majority by five seats. We couldn't move forward on committee chairman, final approval. We couldn't do the process of populating the committees. We basically were just ground to a halt. That's all. The leadership issues are now addressed. The committee chairman and women have all been picked. Most of the committees, including ag, have now been populated. I still have a few people to go on the science committee, but we're finishing that process out. The chairman will have, have essentially said what the boundaries are for all their subcommittees, 
the process of picking subcommittee chairmen and placing members on those subcommittees ongoing. But yes, it's backed us up maybe for all practical purposes, Ron, by 60 days at least. And that now puts uh, pressure on the Farm Bill timeline. And we have one other element also in that uh, Secretary Yellen of the Treasury, former uh, chairwoman of the Federal Reserve Banks, now is indicating that instead of September, when many of us thought we'd hit the, the federal government's debt ceiling, their ability to borrow money, She's implying that that's closer, perhaps uh, May-June timeline, so that's going to distract attention from everything else. The start of the year has made it all complicated for Farm Bill policy. Now, Chairman Thompson tells me he's emphatic we're going to do the necessary hearings in the first half of the year, gather the input, look at what worked, what didn't work, to be able to begin to draft and potentially do a bill in the third quarter in in essence, in July with a with a conference in September if the Senate can do their work. But, Ron, that means everything has to click. Everything has to work. And we don't yet know how much money under the budget process will be available for us to write a farm bill. Uh, we don't know how this debt ceiling will impact the functioning of, of Congress and the government. So I've come to the conclusion that the, it's just necessary to be honest with people and say we may have a short-term extension perhaps a series of extensions, and this has happened before, but we need, we have to get the farm bill right. The world has changed so much in the last five years. We have to get this revised version right. So let's let's do what we have to do and take the time that's necessary. Congressman, you go back to that bill that you had to shepherd through. Actually, theoretically, it was a 2012 bill, but it ended up being the 2014 Farm Bill because of delays, because of extensions. And uh, you and Dr. Bart Fisher, your chief economist at the time for the House Ag Committee, came up with the ARC and the PLC program uh, as a part of the Federal Farm Safety Net, Title I. Uh, do, do you think that, uh, it, obviously, it's a part of the 2018 bill that we're now living under? Is it going to continue to be a part of the Federal Farm Farm safety net in this next bill? Yes, Ron. The third generation farm bill that Dr. Fisher and I did in 2014, which in essence is what the 18 bill is with modifications and refinements, that will still be the base bill for 23. Now, had the Democrats maintained control of the House, David Scott of Georgia been chairman, along with, of course, uh, Chairwoman Senator Stabenow from uh, Michigan, then you would potentially have seen a dramatic shift away from the policy of, of the safety net and the resources following production. They were very focused on determining who could farm and how you could farm, more so than making sure we could produce the food and fiber we need. But even at that, it's going to be a challenge. Now, one of the great advantages that Chairman Thompson has that I did not have in 2012, 13, and 14 is I believe my majority leadership in the House, my Republican leadership this time, understands we have to have a farm bill, and we have to have it as soon as possible. That was not necessarily the case when I was chairman on the 14 farm bill. That helps us greatly, and we have a president who appears to me to be like every president in my lifetime in his second in the second half of his first term, who wants to be reelected. Signing farm bills is a good thing if you're running for president uh, or trying to run for re-election of president. So we're in, that, we're in that situation. But it's still how much money, how much chaos is there in the legislative process this time. And 
I hope uh, ranking member David Scott will step up to the plate as Colin Peterson, who had that role several farm bills in a row, was willing and able to do. Let's move past uh, uh, Ag Committee for a moment, if we might, uh, uh, Congressman. Uh, as chair of your of your committee, the Science uh, Space Technology Committee, um, uh, early priorities uh, there for you and, and, and for your committee? We're the committee with jurisdiction over the National Science Foundation. Those are That's the entity that provides the research dollars, yes, federal taxpayer dollars, that fund, them and fund the fundamental basic research. Uh, think about the things that OU and OSU and a variety of institutions around the country do. We're responsible for the national labs, those federal facilities since the 1930s that do the whiz-bang, amazing kind of research. We're also responsible for the space program. And I'm sure when I do my town meetings this year, we'll have a long discussion about going back to the moon and on to Mars. But you cannot let a totalitarian society, and that's the best way to describe the Chinese Communist Party's control of, of China, you cannot let that kind of a society control the off-world. And there are a lot of economic issues that we'll talk about then, too. Uh, but one of the things that's near and dear to my heart is NOAA, the, the Weather Service people. They actually have never been uh, authorized in a, in a freestanding bill. They're, they were created by an executive order in the present configuration under Richard Nixon back in the 70s. We need to do an organic authorization act for NOAA clearly spell out the National Weather Service and all of those facilities in Norman, Oklahoma. And we also need to do an authorization act for NASA because in this new Republican majority where money's going to be very tight, it's been made quite clear that if your programs are not authorized under regular law, there's not going to be any more ad hoc funding. So we've got to do our authorization work in order to be able to fund those programs that are so important to the rest of us. Uh, and then there's, there's just, there is all manner of things out there to be done in this session. Uh, my ranking member from California cares greatly about wildfire research, R&D, and forecasting. Well, California's faced massive fires in the last decade. So have we in Oklahoma. So a bill addressing that. There's things like uh, reauthorizing the Quantum Initiative Act. That's the next generation of the most amazing supercomputers. I'm working very hard, as I have for some time, with a number of institutions in Oklahoma on a national advanced air mobility and drone initiative. Drones are a big thing in the militaries now around the world, but they're also important to production, agriculture, and a variety of other industries. So we've got to do authorization work. We've got to do oversight work to make sure that all the money that's been given to, for computer chips and research in recent years is actually being spent correctly by the Biden administration. But we'll get into that. Uh, it's just a full plate everywhere. 2023 is going to be really busy. If you're on the Ag Committee, you're on the Science Committee. Lots of my friends on the floor will spend time screaming at each other, but there's real work to be done. Thank you, Congressman. Congressman Frank Lucas on the long line from his office in our nation's capital. On the Oklahoma Farm Report, I'm Ron Hayes.